Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we will be talking about the state of the NFL. I have a guest on with me, one of my good friends, Zach, and we're going to get right into it. going on buddy how you doing hey pretty good thank you for having me today <laughs> yeah man um just uh, a lot of stuff going down in the nfl yeah. so i've been wanting to talk to you i know you you're a big chiefs guy and you just like the nfl in general so i figured we'd talk a little bit about what's currently going on and uh, share my thoughts on certain things that i know i wanted to talk about for a while and we'll see if we can have some fun absolutely i'm all about it so <clears throat> How you been, man? Pretty good. Pretty good. good. It seems like with everything going on, there's a lot of changes that's happening in the, the sports yeah, world. Just as, well, there's a lot of changes going on, period. So yeah, did you end true. up going did you go to a game last year? Chiefs game? I did. I did. Which game did you go to? I believe it was the uh I want to say it was the Buffaloes. The Bills game? The Bills game. That was a good game to go to. It was. It should be good this year. I think the Chiefs are going to have people in the stands. I think I, I think they'll only get better this year. I think they will too. Why do you, Why do you think they'll be better this year? What happened? Well, we p- it, picked up a picked up a few key players, and I think it's only going to get better from there on the on the offensive line. Okay, so the offensive line. Okay, yeah. Well, that takes us into <laughs> what the uh, the whole draft thing mm-hmm. and all that stuff going on. I mean, I, the Chiefs really didn't have much to draft on, so they kind of. Traded for Orlando Brown early, so they didn't have anything to do. I mean, I, w- I was happy with it. I thought they yeah, did I well. thought they made some smart moves. Uh, they picked what they needed, and then they traded what they didn't need, so to speak. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I like the fact that they got rid of some of their offensive line because I didn't really like them very often. I mean, I know since the very beginning people were not a big fan of Eric Fisher. I know you weren't for a long time. I was not. But he's pretty good now. So he yeah. did pretty well the last couple of years. I think that may have been on Mahomes. Yeah. So. So, well, and I, I know Eric was hurt quite a bit. Yeah, so I, I don't think we really got the value out of him. Sometimes I felt not not for a number one overall pick. Yeah. So, and I'm excited to see what Orlando brings to the table. So, yeah, he's going to be pretty good. Um, he played with Baker Mayfield at Oklahoma and Kyler Murray. Oh yeah, he's a pretty good little player. So I mean, yeah, he's he not be. little. I and I think and I think he'll come in with a chip on his shoulder, and I think he'll. I think he'll really flourish in his oh, yeah. position. Oh yeah, I think it's going to be great. So um, let's talk about the big the big thing that I really wanted to talk about. I know you talked about too. We'll get into the Tim Tebow stuff later when you yes. get into that because I know you want to talk about <laughs> Tebow. So um, everybody is talking about Aaron Rodgers and what's going on with him. And I'm going to let you go first because I will talk for four hours about this. Um, just to give you my thoughts, I am not a fan of Aaron Rodgers, and I don't really care for the news that's going on right now because I honestly believe a lot of people are not too thrilled with Aaron Rodgers. What's your thoughts on it? I don't, I don't care about other people. I want to know what you think. My thought is I don't think he's happy in Green Bay, and I, I think he is looking for any – I think he's looking for options at this point. He kind of wants out. 
And and I've noticed that it's, all this came about when he got onto Jeopardy. Yeah. Uh, and that kind of triggered this whole thing about what options he may have on the table. I don't know. Yeah. I Okay. So <clears throat> I honestly don't believe that it started in Jeopardy. Okay. This started when he didn't get drafted first or second overall. This That's a long time. This, That's this a long time to be year. holding on to okay. that. Yeah, I don't understand where he comes from and who he is. These are just my my opinions on the whole situation. He may be a different person than what I see, but usually if it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, it's a duck, usually. So when I'm looking at this and I'm looking at who he is and, and all the things that have happened, he is the guy that's on your team that's one of the most talented people, but the only thing he cares about is his contract, how much money he makes, and where his legacy ends at the end of the at the end of the day, he does not care what team he care, plays for. He does not care how, who his teammates are, unless they can help him become a better stat stat monster. And in my opinion, it would be in Green Bay's best position to just get rid of him now, because he is he is going to be a cancer to the locker room. Even though, yeah, he's really good, and there are a lot of people that do like him, but I guarantee we've both been in locker rooms before. There are people in that locker room that do not like him just because of the way he treats people, the way he is with the media, the way he makes excuses for every little thing that's ever happened. I mean, every single time something happens, it's never his fault. Yeah. Okay, and you can't be the leader of the team and play the victim to the coaching staff because – oh, well, we shouldn't have kicked the field goal against the Buccaneers at the end of the game. He should have let me do it. Well, what happens if you didn't do it? Are you going to take the blame for it? No. Or would you have said, well, we probably should have kicked the field goal. I don't know why we were going for it. You know, he, he can't have it both ways. Yeah, he's trying to put it both ways. Yeah. And the thing with me is when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, I'm just not a big fan of, of that type of player. Yeah, he's good. I'm not saying he's not a good player. but He's very what, selfish. What does he bring to the team that you couldn't get – Somewhere else. I mean, the things that he brings to, to the team are really good. Yes, he's he's great thrower of the football. He runs things, but he doesn't. He's not a. It sounds really weird. He's won one Super Bowl, but he doesn't play lately like a winner plays, like somebody you would see like Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or some of these guys that are Tom Brady. Yeah. He doesn't play play the game that way. The difference between him, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, they're a team first kind of guy. It's not about the money. It's not about the contract. It's about what can I do to make the team better? What, what can I do to help keep them on the team? I noticed Aaron Rodgers was not that way when they were renegotiating uh, Jordan Nelson's contract back in Green like Bay. 2014 or 15? Yeah. And and now, basically, let's, let's preface this. You're a K-State guy, so you're going to be Jordy Nelson biased. Yeah. He's the best thing that's ever come out of K-State. Yeah, he is. And Aaron Rodgers was more concerned about his contract rather than trying to compromise and try to find a way to keep him on the team because he was still a premier wide receiver at yeah. the time. I mean, he, he fit the system well. Didn't he go to the Raiders? He did. And played pretty well? He did. In the, in the same year that they went 13-3? and three. Yeah, He was not there. He was not there. I think he was the number three receiver. Yeah, but the year they went 13-3, he was kind of a glue yeah. glue for that wide receiver was. staff. 
Um, nice. And Jordy Nelson was great. And Jordy Nelson's career obviously was helped by being around Aaron Rodgers. But, you know, you're supposed to be the leader of the team. You're supposed you to be the guy that everybody looks to you to, you know, move everything ahead. And, and you get all the credit from other people. You're supposed to be able to take the blame as well. So it's it's a lot like being a, a coach or um, a, a leader boss type person where you give credit to other people, but you take all the blame, even though it's a sucks, but you get all the perks that come with that. Right. right? You, you know, you get to be in commercials like the State Farm stupid dis- discount double check stuff, <laughs> right? You get to do all that stuff on Jeopardy, right? Do you think he would have gotten to do all that stuff if he wasn't the best player on the Packers no. or one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL? No. No. So here's the next question is if he goes to another team and they're not as good as they were, or the Packers say, we're going to trade you to the Lions because we're going to get into that, yes. and I'm going to play that, right? Just if the Packers were going to be vindictive and say, you know what, you want to be this guy, you want to eat up our time, tell us we're not good to play because you're no longer in guaranteed money, we're going to trade you to the Lions for Panay uh, Sewell and a first-round pick. Good luck winning there. And he retires. Do you think that he's going to be able to get the same contracts, still do the Jeopardy stuff, people are still going to like him? even though he's no longer a star NFL, NFL player. I don't think so. I don't think he will either. Um, I mean, now, he's good. Now, now he will because he's known for the yeah. player. Well, I mean, he's known, but like the whole Jeopardy thing, right? Did you watch it? I have not. I, I just heard about him yeah. being on. I saw clips of it, right? And he was okay. I mean, there wasn't like he doesn't have this unbelievable charisma that you would expect. He's not Alex Trebek. Let's no, put it that way. He's definitely not Alex Trebek. Um, but he doesn't have this like charisma where I'm like, oh, I have to watch this show because he's so great. Or I know a lot of people don't really watch Jeopardy because of Alex Trebek, but he did such a good job. He's like an, um, an umpire or referee yeah. where it's an extremely important job to be there. He's a fixture. But you want to not be noticed. And I don't think he can do that. Because he's already in that position with the Packers. Like, he's supposed to be the number one guy, but he wants to be noticed, which is the reason why he wants to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. It's not like he wants to, you know, just play his role and, and be a part of the thing. And that's what the Jeopardy host really is going to have to mean. Everybody knew who Alex Trebek was, but you don't know anything about him. He wasn't super no. famous. I mean, he was super famous, but he wasn't super famous. You know, he wasn't like a superstar doing commercials and stuff outside of the American pen life insurance no. stuff that he used to no. do. But, like, that's what Aaron Rodgers wants, and you could tell it by the way he talks, by the way he treats his teammates, the way he treats the fans of Green Bay. Now, I have family that lives in Green Bay. He may be a nice guy, but he doesn't associate with people in that area. He's a California dude. He doesn't – it's beneath him to talk to the people in the Midwest. You can see that on his face. Yeah. And, and it makes a difference who you – you bring in to the team. You just have to make sure that the player fits the team. I feel like. Um, and I don't think Aaron Rodgers really wanted to be in Green Bay, to be honest with you. Um, I think he was only there because he had to be. And the only way he was ever going to get noticed was to, to play there. Well, yeah, he had one shot. One shot yeah, only. One shot. And so the only the, so there's two upsides for him going to Green Bay. One, they were a good team mm-hmm. when they picked him up because obviously yeah. he fell to like the 24th pick. And then um, he got the chance to play behind Brett Favre. Yeah, he got the chance to play behind Brett Favre, right? Um, but it's the Packers. I mean, they're known as Title Town, 
in America. They're known as the place where people go to win championships and, and people respect them for the amount of championships mm-hmm. they've won. I mean, the freaking Super Bowl trophy is named after their legendary head coach. Are you implying that he kind of had everything handed to him on a silver platter? I'm not saying he had everything handed to him. What I'm saying is there's not a situation. There, It would be very difficult to find a situation that was better for him when he showed up. Okay? I would agree. Now, I want to get into this other thing because we kind of talked about this a little bit beforehand, which the whole Brett Favre didn't help him thing. Okay? I'm going to make a couple points here on to why I trust Brett Favre's word on this more than I trust Aaron Rodgers' word on this. Because, like I said, Aaron Rodgers has come out to show and be just a not the guy that you would want to help. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are. He doesn't seem to be a team player. So first things first, he thought he was the best quarterback in the draft when he got drafted. He fell to where he was the last guy in the green room. Yeah, you could see you could see the look on his face. Yeah, you could he see the look on his face. Not a happy camper. He was not happy. He's a California kid. This is, again, same thing happening to him uh-huh. where I only got a couple of junior college offers. I had to go to a junior college for a year or two. Then I went to California, and I, I showed everybody I was really great, but now everybody thinks I'm not good anymore. So he's got this massive chip on his shoulder when he shows up. And Brett Favre's a legend. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the history of football by this time, right? And he's a he's what you would consider a, a Green Bay Packer. He is a Green Bay Packer. Yeah. If you ask, if you had to point out somebody that says, what does a Green Bay Packer look like? They're going to point to Brett Favre. Anybody who lives in Gray is going to be like in Green Bay is going to be like Brett Favre. That's what a Green Bay Packers player should look like. Mm-hmm. Scrappy, gunslinger, goes for it. You know, gets hurt, still plays, doesn't complain. Now, obviously, there was a lot else going on with him and like alcohol and and drugs and stuff, like his painkillers to do all that stuff. But he did everything he could to stay on the field and try to win games. Okay, that's number one. The fit for for Aaron Rodgers does not fit Green Bay Packers. Based on the way his career and how he's acted for his entire career, he is more of a West Coast, it's all about me, I'm not going to get hit. As Roger Dorn would say, I'm not going to put my face and my body on the line for a collection of stiffs. I got plans for life after football. The personality, totally different. Totally different. Totally right? different personalities. And that's fine. You can have different personalities. It's worked out in other in other ways before. But the difference between Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers when they first show up is Brett Favre's the established, hardworking quarterback who wants to win at all costs. Aaron Rodgers is the up-and-coming, I was good in college, I think I should be the number one starter, I was picked in the first round, I don't care about the team, I only care about me and what I want to do, right? So when you hear things of Brett Favre saying, I had to learn how to be a quarterback in the NFL, I'm not helping this kid. Personally, for me... I think he tried to help him, but he probably came across as a complete and total D-bag to Brett Favre and was like, well, you know, I don't care how much you help me. I'm going to end up being the number one guy here. You know, you just just see what you can do to get me to be the number one guy. Like, I don't really care about all this stuff. And he probably just blew off a lot of the advice that he tried to give him. And so Brett Favre was just like, well, guess what? Figure it out, rookie. Good luck. I think that's probably what happened, more likely. Instead of, you know, Aaron Rodgers saying he was mean to me and he didn't help me. And it's like, you know, he probably did. You probably just took it like a baby, like everything else that's happened over the last he couple of years. probably tried to help in his own way. In his own he just way. just didn't recognize the help. Because he, he, doesn't, he doesn't recognize help because he's never helped anybody. Right. Yeah, and it kind of reminds me of uh, the difference 
of Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes and Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. How they both came up to helping each other. It's like total opposite. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, you were you were telling me about this. I don't really know much about the Patrick Mahomes era, Alex Smith stuff, but apparently they were like friends. They didn't even like compete for the job. What what yeah. happened with that? Um, well, they drafted Patrick Mahomes. He came on, came on to the team, and Alex Smith took him under his wing and showed him how what what it is to be an NFL quarterback, what it takes to be a player. Um, and how important it is to be a part of the team, and 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 I think he did a great job showing him how to do that. Um, and I think that carried over into the the future years when Patrick Mahomes played with the Chiefs, and he he obviously became widely successful after that. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot that goes into that. So another thing that gets me with with Aaron Rodgers is. <clears throat> His own family doesn't really like him. That says a lot, right? Um, I mean, everybody has issues with family. Everybody's got family issues and stuff like that. But when it's known publicly that your own family doesn't really want to do much to, with you, um, there's probably some resentment there or some type of like, you know, hey, he probably messed up a few times or we just don't want to deal with this anymore. Yeah. The difference between him and Mahomes is Mahomes' dad was a professional baseball player. His godfather was a professional baseball player. So he grew up around people that knew how to be professionals. He knows how to carry himself. Yeah. The other thing that's great about that is his dad wasn't a superstar. Now, I'm not saying he's not good or wasn't good at all, but he wasn't the ace that they're putting on the programs and selling season tickets to come mm-hmm. see, right? They're not coming out there to see, you know, his dad and all the, you know all this stuff like that, right? So he is a bullpen guy. He's a role player, is what you would call in basketball or like in the bullpen. He was a glue, a glue He's guy. A team player. He kept everything together. He yeah. ate up innings. He played his part, and he did everything he could to make sure the team won won the yeah. game. Right. So when you grow up around people like that, it makes it a lot easier when you become the superstar to understand the value of those type of people. Aaron Rodgers doesn't give two two cents about the other guys on the team that he may see as, you know, expendable, but are actually super valuable to the team, right? Just because they're not making millions and millions and millions of dollars and they don't have all these endorsements doesn't mean that their contribution to the team isn't good or it isn't valuable to the team. It's a 22-man playable roster. Obviously, it's 53 guys or 55 guys now. I can't remember what it is. But 22 people play play every single time. Ten other people play with you on offense. Do you think you could take the snap, throw it to yourself, and run down the field against 11 guys? Can't. You can't, right? And so Patrick Mahomes knows this because it's been it's been instilled in him by his dad being on the field at Mets games, being in the locker room with all those guys, and understanding that baseball is a weird team sport. I know football is the same way, but baseball is very individualistic because you're the only person hitting against the pitcher. You're the only pitcher hitting against the guy, right? So at the same time, it's an individual sport, but it's a team collective sport mm-hmm. where if everyone does their job, the team wins, right? But if one person doesn't do their job, it can cost the entire, on every play, it can cost the entire game, right? So also one person can win the entire game for you. It's not that way. I mean, NFL, it can be that way, but... You know, one person can have like four home runs in a game and none of the other players on his team can have anything to do with that. He just had four really good hits. 
Right. You know, you could say, well, that running back ran for four touchdowns, but who was blocking? Right? Who blocked on the play? Who, made, who opened Every, up that hole? Everyone else back. on the team that's on the field is still doing something at that time. Absolutely. And so when you see that and you grow up in the in in that with with your dad and and your and your godfather who's Latrell Hawkins, one of the best bullpen guys, me do smoke forever. Um, you grow up seeing these guys that are part of the team and may not be the superstars, but they understand that that part of the game is. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't have to be the superstar to make an impact in this game. No. And so. Patrick Mahomes, comparative to Aaron Rodgers, he knows that every single person down to the backup center yeah. is going to be important because you never know what happens if your left tackle and right tackle are out for the for the Super yeah. Bowl, right? Those guys need to come in and be there for you. What happens if your running back is injured? Well, look how they look what happened at the Super Bowl. Look he was what, running all over the place and he couldn't make things happen makes, all by himself. But did he complain? He didn't. Did he throw the ball away like Aaron Rodgers does? He did not. Did he take hits? Yep. Did he run he out of bounds like did. Aaron Rodgers? No, he tried to win the game. He did. Right? He even um, played with the turf toe. He even played with turf toe, which is that it sucks, right? So, um, yeah. But there's just, it's just little things like that. It's like, why, why, would, why would you want somebody on your team that leads the league in throwaways on third down? I wouldn't want that. Why would you want somebody on your team that when your team gets down by more than seven points, in the season, it's a guaranteed loss. In 2020, the Packers lost every single game that they were down by at least 7 or 10 points at any point in the game. I even messaged you during the NFC Championship game in the first quarter when Tampa Bay went up 10 nothing, and I said, this game is over. And it was. And you said, uh, it's a lot of game to play. And I go, statistics show that every single game this year, the Green Bay Packers get down by 10 points, guaranteed 10 points, they lose every single game because as soon as the defense starts keying on Aaron Rodgers and putting, pinning their hair back and they're coming after him, he scrambles, runs out of bounds, scrambles, throws the ball away. Then he looks over to his coach and he's like, well, you, should, you probably should have called a better play or that wasn't the play I wanted to run. So I'm going to do this and things like that. It's, it's all about Aaron at that point. And so when you have a second year or third year head coach like Matt LaFleur and you have one of the best running backs in the game right now because of the offensive line that you put together, and you have an inventive play caller. You have Devontae Adams, who, again, he has to say that he wants to play with Aaron Rodgers because it's Aaron Rodgers who's throwing right. the ball. He's not going to be like, I don't want to play with that guy. Uh, because He has a lot of experience. He also knows who Aaron is. Yeah, He knows that if he says, I think he should just play out the season, we'll see how it goes, that Aaron Rodgers will not throw him the ball. He won't. I don't care how good he is. He knows I'm, I'm better than this guy. He's not going to show me up in front of everybody. He's that kind of guy. And so when you got all these people, you can make a trade. You'd be surprised. I bet Drew Locke would come in and still win games for the Packers. I well, hope they trade him to Denver. Well, yeah. I mean, Aaron Rodgers should have been part of the solution, not part of the problem. He is the problem, uh, not part of the problem. Yeah. I hate to keep referring back to Patrick Mahomes, but Patrick Mahomes would oftentimes say, make suggestions. He'll throw a suggestion to the coach. Hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? What do you What do you think about we try this? What do you think about if we try that? Those things makes a difference when you have a quarterback that's participating in trying to be the solution. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is known for giving suggestions, but quote unquote giving suggestions. But he's not actually giving suggestions. He's stating this is what I want to do. We're either doing it, yeah, or I'm going to be unhappy. That's different, right? Demanding and suggesting is two different things. Very two different things. The other thing that I love, and I honestly believe, if I was the GM of the Packers, I would try everything I can to get him traded today. 
because what is he actually going to need to win games? Like, what does he need to win games? He's unhappy right now. They went to the NFC Championship game. They lost by three points or four points to the, the eventual Super Bowl champions. You have, at statistically, the top three running back in the league. You have, statistically, top three receiver in the league. You have, statistically, a top five offensive line in the league. Statistically, a, to, a 50, top, uh, top half percent of defense in the league. What, what do you need He's had opportunities to what win you, like, multiple what you, Super Bowls. What do you need to win? Like, do you need it to be you versus nobody on the defense? Ah, like, can't but say I mean, that. but seriously, like, no, no, I, you, I get see what you're by, you get down by a touchdown because maybe they got the ball first, and you're running, throwing the ball out of the thing, and you say, "Well, this game's over." You're just giving up as soon as you get down by seven points. What do you need to be successful in this? Seriously, what do you want? And I've been told this before, because I mean, and it was true for me when I was playing baseball and stuff like that, but it's one of those things where this is the best analogy I could ever come up with. Aaron Rodgers likes the idea of being a star quarterback in the NFL more than he likes playing the quarterback position in the NFL at a star level. He likes the idea of being a star quarterback Uh in the NFL more than actually playing the position of quarterback in the NFL at a star level. Now, he may have been a little bit different when he was younger, but now where he's at age-wise, he would rather be known as a star quarterback than actually have to prove that and play that on the field. And that's heir apparent with him using that to get a Jeopardy job. It's Jeopardy. Yeah. The only people that watch that are people that are calling Selequo at 12 in the actual, 12 in the evening. He's going to have to ask himself, what does he want his legacy to be? Well, he's going to have to ask himself that question. He's destroying it right now is what he's doing. Whatever legacy he had in the eyes of people that are in – that actually care about sports and stuff like that, he's destroying it. And even though the media, uh, because they like their superstars and all these West Coast and East Coast media people are building up this guy of like, he's the best talent. Sometimes the best talent doesn't win, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes the, the person who's the best player is not the person you want on your team. Look at the Navy SEALs. They have a graph, and they, they talk about the graph between talent and, and leadership, Mm-hmm. Okay, you have low producers, uh, low talent, or low low talent, low production, no leadership. You have high production, low talent. You have high talent, high production, and you have high talent, low production. Mm-hmm. The, they would take somebody that has low talent and high production over somebody that would have high talent and and low production. Low production. Or high production with low talent or low low social skills. They the person everybody knows this person. If you walk into your office and you're like, who's the a hole? Who's the person in here that's a, that's the number one guy, but he's the biggest a hole in the in the group? And they all have that same guy that they point to. And you ask them, would you would you want to work for him? And they would all say no. There are people that are maybe the most talented athletic people on the planet, but they literally only care about themselves. Yeah, and my those, uncle. Those My uncle always said he had a policy. His policy is that he doesn't hire a-holes because it's detriment to the, to the environment. It makes everything so hostile. It makes everything not enjoyable to work. And that, it gets to the point that nobody wants to be there. And that spills over. And you're seeing that right now in the media. Yes. Right? The well, most talented person on that team, arguably... Some would say, I think, I think honestly, Devontae Adams might be more talented than Aaron Rodgers at his position. The most talented person on the team is causing the most waves. 
and is in is literally doing i mean like i said what what more do you need to win games and to be happy you shouldn't need any more and it, it doesn't surprise me that this is all happening as soon as his guaranteed money is out he's now off a guaranteed contract so now he's complaining and wants to get traded to go and get a new contract get guaranteed mm-hmm. because guess what he knows now if i want to make money i got to play and if i want to play i got to produce and if i'm produce i'm going to take hits somebody's going to hit me i may get i may get hurt i may you know get and he thinks again. he thinks he had the upper hand on the green bay packers but the reality is he doesn't yeah the green bay packers have been here since before he was yeah. born and they'll be here long long after he does absolutely barring outside of something crazy and if he gets traded he'll go from being one of the best packer quarterbacks in history to being the guy who took over as a Packer quarterback after Brett Favre. That's what I think, in my opinion. He'll go from being one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the Green Bay Packers to being the guy who was the quarterback after Brett Favre. Possible. He's starting to get to that point. And I, I mean, it's... It like kind of comes back to him asking the question, what does he want his legacy to be? And it could, and if he doesn't make that decision quick... He will become the guy known as the guy that played after but five. Yeah. He's getting there. So. So. I mean, it is. It's Aaron Rodgers. Um, I really don't want to talk anymore about it because the more we feed that flame, the more it feeds into his ego. And I really don't like <laughs> talking about it, even though we spent a long time on it. Um, I do want to kind of get into some draft stuff. But we'll get into that after the next thing that I know is very interesting to you which is the Jacksonville Jaguars and Tim Tebow, the tight end, Tim Tebow. What are your thoughts on that? Because I I want to know where you kind of stand and and go from there. I think it's a good move on Urban Meyer's part. Urban Meyer knows that Tim Tebow's a winner. He's there to win, and he's there to play. And... He used to play for Urban Meyer yep. back in his college days. Considered probably one of the best quarter, college quarterbacks in the history Correct. of college. Correct. And Urban Meyer n- knows that Tim Tebow understands how Urban Meyer likes things done. And he wants a leader on that team to get everybody to buy into his program. And he's not a bad guy to do that, to get, get him on the team. He's an athletic player. Um, he's old. He's older. He's about to turn 35. But, he, but his value as a leader far outweighs his athletic skills. So, and his age, so to speak. But I, I think that'll pay dividends when he mentors Trevor Lawrence and some of the young players that they've drafted on. And I think that'll make them buy into Urban Meyer's system Pretty darn quick. I agree with you on that. Now I'm going to play devil's advocate on to actually why I think they want Tim Tebow. Mm-hmm. Where is the Jaguars located? Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Where is Tim Tebow from? Jacksonville. Yeah. Where did he win high school championships at? Jacksonville. Where did he win national championships in college? Florida. Florida. Yeah. I think Urban Meyer's trying to sell tickets. And jerseys. Because even though Tim Tebow wasn't the best quarterback, still one of the top jersey sellers in the league. As soon as you, you, this is just step number one. You're right on everything that you said. Tim Tebow's a leader. He can mentor Trevor Lawrence. 
get him to that place of maybe teaching him how to actually, you know, become an NFL leader and leader of men mm-hmm. at that level. But Urban Meyer's not stupid, and neither is the GM of the and the owners of Jacksonville. And and I'll speak on that. Um, I would have to disagree because if that's the mindset that they were going, they would have brought in Tim Tebow a long time ago. I think the I think the reason why it happened now is because it's Urban Meyer. I think Tim Tebow is only going there because it's Urban Meyer. Any other coach, any other GM, he's not going. He also stopped playing baseball. Coincidentally, stopped playing baseball now. Um, he's also coming in to be a tight end, which he never would have done, ever. Before. Before. He, he tried Because I know other teams have asked him before yeah. he, he would consider the position. He only wanted he to play no. quarterback. And it's, it's Urban Meyer. And he, it's one of his mentors, one of the people that has guided him in his life through college to where he's at now. And I think the only reason it's happening is because of Urban Meyer. Now, does that mean that Urban Meyer is grooming him to maybe become a coach? Yes. That's my thought. And that's the, the back end of what I think Tim Tebow is getting out of it. Yeah, he gets a chance to keep playing football. Yeah, he gets a chance to be a part of that locker room, to be a part of something, a winning culture in his mind. Um, but I honestly believe that the only reason the ownership and GM was like, yeah, we'll take him, is because Urban Meyer's like, you know how many jerseys we're going to sell? You know how many people are going to come to the games? That's a pitch that he told the GM. <laughs> yeah, that's, sure. what, that's what I'm saying. That's a pitch he told the GM. You know it's all about money. You know how many people point. are going to come to the games <laughs> just to see Tim Tebow? You know how many people are going to show up? You know how many um, season tickets they're going to sell because Tim Tebow and the Jacksonville Jaguars well, are taking the field? Absolutely, because he's going to have people that love him. He's also going to have people that hate him and want to see him fail. So that's money and for them. with where things are at in, in the current state of sports and the world in America, there are going to be polarizing things. And he's a polarizing figure. But he also represents everything that Florida wants to represent right now. Mm-hmm. 100%. And, and so it's a PR move selling-wise for Urban Meyer and for Tim Tebow because he knows Tim Tebow is going to make some money off that too, selling jerseys and everything like that. But they need to get they need to get fans in the stands. They need butts in the seats, right? They need people there to support the team. But they also, like you said, they need somebody to help Trevor Lawrence become a pro. They need somebody in the locker room to keep people on track. It's kind of a win-win situation. It's a win-win situation. And I've honestly, I know a lot of people are going to say, he doesn't deserve to be in the locker room. I'll be honest with you, just his presence. Have you ever met Tima? I have not okay. met. I've not so had the I pleasure. I have been in the same room with him one time. And just, it didn't speak to him, but you could feel that he was there. It was weird because everybody in the room knew who he was and everybody in the room knew what was going on and who was here. There's Tim Tebow. That's Tim Tebow. Everyone knows there is a visceral reaction, an energy reaction to that person, which completely changes the entire room. It's like an energy buzz. Yeah, it's a buzz that completely changes the way people are. And he is, according to NFL people, one of the nicest people you ever meet in your life. You could go up to him and call him the worst thing you could ever think of, and he'd be like, hey, man, God bless you, and just walk away. Well, and I never understood why um, so many teams didn't really give him the chance. Because they don't want that. That, And I I get it. And I, I get it. Once you've been put as a list of difficult to deal with, which I'm sure 
I mean, uh, it wasn't, I'm sure John Elway it wasn't had him really list difficult to deal with at that point. It was more of people were more enamored by his personality and religious faith more than his actual game. And his gameplay, the way his body type was, didn't really translate into the NFL at that time. Right? Because some people would say, well, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's just as fast, way faster, obviously, but he's tiny. But his body type, you know, he doesn't have the same. Tim Tebow really didn't throw very well, but he was basically a tight end run of the football. He was. And and thing about tight ends is if you can take a hit, yeah. you'll be fine. But you don't want your franchise quarterback taking hit after hit after hit. No, Look no, what happened no. to Cam Newton. And that's, another, and that's another reason why I think Tim Tebow will do just fine at tight end. I think he will. Because too. he can take a hit. Yeah. And he can be able and to it, deliver one. Speaking of, another thing, you taking hits and being the nicest guy ever. I can't remember who it was, but the interview, they said that he just lit Tebow up. And he said he felt so great about it, and it was awesome. Tebow got up and said, hey, man, Jesus loves you, and then walked away. And he said he never felt demoralized in his life like he did that time because he just put everything he had into hitting this guy, yeah. and the dude stood up and just told him something that he was like, oh, like he didn't even He did not him. expect didn't that. Didn't even face him. <laughs> you know, and you hear that from like people like him, and Andrew Luck did the same thing, mm-hmm. and it's just that mentality and the ability to take a beating like that just completely demoralizes the other team. And they just, okay, what do I have to do to hurt this guy? Yeah, I like can't. rip his face off, break his limbs before he even doesn't get mad at me. And that's something that... It's like, it's like in boxing. Yeah. You know, when you, when you think you've got a good hit, but he just doesn't go down. Just hitting a thinking, piece of iron. Man, this guy just won't go down. <laughs> it's crazy. <sighs> but, like, that's something the Jacksonville needs. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been kind of... I mean, outs- when they had Calais Campbell and that defense and Jalen Ramsey and Leonard Fournette, and they went, like, 13-3 and three yeah. and they were running the football, they were tough. People knew they couldn't mess with them. They should have won a couple of games in the playoffs, but they barely lost. But they need that toughness and that it's not even an edge about them. Grittiness. It's just a it's a never give up kind of attitude, yeah. and that's all that Tebow is. And I think in this day and age, with the the people that are coming through, that might be something that yeah, absolutely Jacksonville needs for sure. And I think Urban Meyer knows how to work with them. He knows how to get the best out of him, and he knows that Tebow will get the best out of his teammates. Yeah, and I think and I think. It's a good move because he'll get the teammates to buy into his program a lot quicker rather than waiting three or four years before somebody finally buys in. It'll only be a year or two, and then he'll get that much quicker to his goal. And yeah. I think it's a great move. I think it, I think it is. I know, and like I was saying with the, the people in the, um, the media that, that don't like it, they're saying, well, he hasn't deserved it or earned it. I'm like, well, I think he has. Yeah. So if you, if you look at it, this way, I'm going to play this off as this is a good way of putting it. How many quarterbacks in the history of the NFL have won a playoff game? How many? How many have won a playoff game? Just a single playoff game. The list is not as long as you'd think. Tim Tebow's on that list. Wow. How, many, how many NFL quarterbacks that were drafted in the first round have won a playoff game? How many NFL quarterbacks that are drafted in the first round have had a winning season. How many I, quarterbacks I in the NFL that. have had a positive interception to touchdown, t- touchdown to interception ratio in a season? I'm sure the list isn't very long. The list is it's lengthy because there's been a lot of people that sure. have played, but Tim Tebow's on all those lists, right? He never didn't perform well when he was in the NFL. When he was a starting quarterback for Denver, 
They won. You want them a playoff? They game. won. And they fo- hadn't done that in a while. They won football games. Mm-hmm. He didn't lose them games. No. He didn't. Wasn't a detriment to the team. He won games. So when you say he hasn't earned it, I think that he had earned it, and nobody gave him the chance to earn. He it. didn't. And I think Urban Meyer's giving him the chance. Not a quarterback. That's fine. He can learn the position of tight end. He might even just be a blocker or a runner. Mm-hmm. Right? He doesn't have to be Travis Kelsey. No. Season one. No. Right? But the intangibles that he brings to the locker room and on the field and, and all that kind of stuff far outweigh his ability to catch a football. It does. And it does. I think that's that, the thing that people, they don't want to admit. They don't want that admit that part. Mm-hmm. Even though they all know it's true. They don't want to admit it because then it plays into, well, maybe, you know, you don't have to play this game every day for the rest of your life for you to be good at it. Sometimes people are just good at things. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes his will and his desire to be good at something far outweigh your talent. Going back to the Aaron Rodgers thing, the most talented person isn't always the best person you want. Yeah, because a lot of people are making that argument that, oh, there's so much more players out there that's, more talented than Tim Tebow. Who cares about position. talent? I know. And that kind of comes back to your point. That just because you're the most talented player doesn't mean you're the best. So, and here's another thing, right? Just because you're the most talented player doesn't mean you play the same position. Period. Yeah. Right? Oh, look at all these guys. that are, They're great quarterbacks. Blah, 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 blah. Well, he's playing tight end. Mm-hmm. Well, I know all these other tight ends that are great. Well, he can play other things too. Yeah. Right? These guys are specific, and this is where people get kind of messed up on these things, and they have these, they're not really straw man arguments, but they kind of turn into them, where, well, all these other people are way more talented. Well, maybe Urban Meyer knows that this person fits exactly the cog that he's <laughs> looking for for his machine to run. Absolutely. Right? You may be more talented, but the, or, and you may be a better constructed cog, and you may be uh, you know, made out of better materials, and it may be something that is shiny and everybody loves, but it may be too big or too small, it's not the right size, mm-hmm. it doesn't fit the exact puzzle piece that we're looking for mm-hmm. to complete the picture here in Jacksonville. And to be honest with you, it's Urban Meyer's decision, not yours. Absolutely. You're sitting on the desk. You're analyzing stuff. I don't care what you have to say. It's not my, my job to say Tim Tebow can't, doesn't fit. How do you know he doesn't fit? You haven't even seen them take a snap yet. You don't even know what they're doing. You have no idea what this team is about to do on the field, and he doesn't fit their program. The person that's running the program says he fits, so I'm going to say he fits until he proves me otherwise. If for some reason he's out there dropping passes every other day, yeah, I'll give him criticism. Maybe he shouldn't be on the field if he doesn't catch anything and he's losing them football games. But until he proves me otherwise, I trust Urban Meyer to know who fits his scheme better than anybody else. And you know what? Track record shows that Urban Meyer can get the most out of Tim Tebow. And Tim Tebow buys into Urban Meyer's program. Track record shows that Urban Meyer gets the best out of everyone he plays. Absolutely. Look at Braxton Miller. People were like, oh, he's going to be, yeah, be a really good quarterback, right? Nah, not going to be that good. Goes to Ohio State. He's a Big Ten player, offensive player of the year, mm-hmm. three years. Breaks his ankle. No longer is able to be a quarterback. Urban Meyer's like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to turn you to a receiver. Dude gets drafted as a receiver, plays in the NFL as a receiver. Do you think that happens if he's playing for Dabo Sweeney? Probably not. Maybe. But I bet he got, breaks his ankle, stops, tries to come back to be a quarterback, doesn't get drafted. What happened to Kelly Bryant? Who's he play for? Do you even know who Kelly Bryant is? 
Caleb Bryant. He was the quarterback of Clemson after Deshaun Watson. He went like he went twelve and one. That explains it. Twelve and one went to a national championship game and lost. Uh Trevor Lawrence came in. Kelly Bryant played for Mizzou for one season and no longer plays football. That explains why I haven't heard him. Yeah, too much. I like Urban Meyer and I trust him. Not because I'm a huge Buckeye fan, because I think he's a good coach. He knows what he's doing. Mm And he takes people that may not be fit in other people's schemes, and he uses them and gets the most out of them. Exact same thing Nick Saban does. The exact same thing Bill Belichick does. The exact same thing Andy Reid does. And all of the best quarterbacks you've seen in the NFL and college football. They take players that everyone else may be like, eh, he doesn't fit the scheme, or he's not the best person at the position, and they put him in there. Justin Fields. He just got drafted this year. Yeah, he got drafted and went to the to the Bears. We'll talk about that. Yeah, I think it's good. it's a good fit. But he got discarded from Georgia, and they were like, "Eh, we don't like him." Jake Fromm's better. He won us a bowl game when he was a freshman. We'll go with him, and they threw him away. Ryan Day, the heir apparent from Urban Meyer, who learned under Urban Meyer for a couple of years, took him and became maybe the top quarterback in in the NCAA last year and people would say obviously Trevor Lawrence is the best prospect but who won, who beat who Justin Fields beat him out outplayed him too had more yards better touchdowns less interceptions the year before Ohio State was winning by 14 before they got their one of their best players yes he health issue didn't he he kind of got hit in the ribs yeah. beat him with two broken ribs That that's what that coaching tree does. I trust Urban Meyer. I think t- I think Tim Tebow will be better than everyone thinks he will be, and it's going to piss it's going to piss people off so much that all they're going to say is he doesn't deserve to be there. Yeah, and they're going to get so mad that he's taking interviews and talking about things that aren't what they want him to talk about that they're going to run him out of the league again. I don't think Urban Meyer will let that happen. We'll see. There's a lot of pressure that's going to come down on him. Yeah, but. The thing I like about Urban Meyer is he's a loyal guy. Yes. He he's loyal to his, his players. He's loyal to his team. His staff. He's a, he's a, I, think he'll, I think he'll surprise you. I mean, do I think Jacksonville is going to win the Super Bowl? No. Not this year. Give him a couple years, you never know. I mean, they weren't – obviously, we're not a good team. I think – But less than four years ago, they were a great team. I think Urban Meyer will turn that team around. Mm-hmm. I think they um, will too. How long I, is he going to be there? How long do I think he'll be there? Because he doesn't really stay in very long places. Say, more than I'll like five years. More than like six to ten years the max, right? He was at Air, uh, Utah for a couple years mm-hmm. with Alex Smith. Went to Florida for a couple years with Tim Tebow. Mm-hmm. Went to Ohio State for a couple years. Won national championship in Florida. Two national championships in Florida. Won a national championship in Ohio State. You know, secured like all this other stuff for them. I mean, so how long is he really going to be there? He really kind of comes in, revamps things, gets them set on the right course, and then leaves them to let this ship sail. He does. So I think he'll I think he'll be there for about five years. I think it might be a little different, though, because this year, I mean, it's the NFL. It's not, it's not college, right? So you're not recruiting 24-7. True. You're focusing only on the football, and your personnel is basically set. 
right? So you can get a little bit more creative with your schemes and stuff. You don't have to worry about whether you're going to lose somebody because they're a senior or transferring or, you know, somebody saying, I don't want to play football anymore. You know, it's, we'll see. I, but I, I agree how long do you think? I agree with you. I think it'll be about seven years. Seven years. I think by 2030, mm-hmm. he's no longer the head coach of Jacksonville. Now, will he be associated with the program or with the, with the organization? Probably. Oh, yeah. But will he be the head coach? Probably not. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I like it. I think it's going to be great. So I do want to talk about the draft as well. Um, So I got a couple of big draft picks that I want to talk about that I think were good picks and a couple of things that I think need to happen for them to turn, for questionable picks to be great picks. Just like we said, we're going to go with Justin Fields on the first one. I think he is the only quarterback in the draft that you would consider to be a Chicago Bear. Okay. Okay. And the reason why I say that is because of what he went through in the game against Clemson and this entire season last year where he's – okay, first things first, he plays in the Big Ten. So it's Big Ten country, Chicago Bears in the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. He knows what it played like in cold weather. He knows what it played like in that kind of environment where there's a bunch of people there. It's cold, freezing. You know, you may not be able to throw the ball as well as normal. That's fine. That's a huge thing because a lot of those – you know, warm weather quarterbacks don't want to play in the cold and they can't play in the cold. It's very big. It's, that's a thing. And people say it isn't, but it is. Okay. That's number one. It does affect them. It does affect them. Number two. And that's the most important. He's a good kid. You can tell in his interviews, he cares about winning. He cares about the team, but he is tough. I mean, he took a shot to the ribs from a helmet. The guy got ejected for that. Basically broke two ribs. I don't know if they confirmed the two rib break. Still came out through five touchdowns. Stayed in the game through five touchdowns. That's a tough kid. That's a tough kid. To me, he feels like a modern-day um, McMahon. Okay. Jim McMahon. Right yeah. now, he may not be as mouthy as Jim McMahon and as outgoingly confident as Jim McMahon was, yeah. who backed it up. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback. Um, he backed it up, and he was great, right? Yeah. But that ki- that he was tougher than nails, McMahon was, right? And you can see that Justin Fields could turn into that. Now, here's the thing that I want to talk about when it comes to the caveat for Justin Fields. He cannot play this year. He has a lot of things he needs to work on specifically eyeing down receivers, going through progressions, the speed of the game mm-hmm. um, that he needs to work on before he becomes an illegitimate starter. And I think, honestly, if he plays this year, now I'm not saying he can't play and can't be good. In my opinion, if he plays it all this year and is forced to be a starter, he will never be the player he could be if he gets a full year, maybe a year and a half to sit behind somebody and learn how the NFL game is played because it is very different from the college game. He also played with a lot of good plays at Ohio State. understand that. So, so he had a lot of supporting I understand teammates. That. So the question becomes, well, But even Bears, on Ohio State, right, even on Ohio State, how many people got drafted from that team? How many starters from the, the Ohio State team actually got drafted? I, I couldn't tell you that number. Five, six. Right, so even at a place like Ohio State, it's less than ten percent of the people are getting drafted. Still, that's still more than most right. colleges. It's still more than most colleges. Yeah. Completely, I completely understand and I completely agree with you. But that means that every single one of those people who were drafted were the best at their position. 
Now, how many of those people that got drafted are actually going to be the starter at their position when they get into the NFL? Okay, I don't care if you played with all. You may have played with a bunch of great players. Majority of them do not go on to become actual contributable starters in the NFL. If he wants to be a star NFL quarterback and a contributable starter to the team of the Chicago Bears, he needs to learn what it's like to play with a full team of Chase Youngs and you know Ezekiel Elliott's on the team, where you got these people that are bigger, stronger, faster than every other person that was on the college team, and they're all playing to those positions. Every single person that you're dealing with is playing that. Khalil Max on the on the sidelines, right? You got all these guys coming at you that you're just not used to seeing. You know, Devontae Hunter from Minnesota. It's a different level. You're just at a completely different level. And this it's it's a size speed thing that he has to get used to. Now when you watch his tape from Ohio State and watch a bunch of his games, he eyes down receivers. He watches and then throws. He holds the ball a little long. He doesn't go through progression that well. I'm not saying he's not good and can't be good. He needs to work on that because it all, you didn't have to go through progressions at Ohio State. You're play, I mean, you have the, one of the fastest receivers in the league, or in, in, the, in the nation, uh, playing against guys who aren't going to be able to guard this guy. Right? You have people that are not going to be able to even be on the practice squad in the NFL guarding somebody who could be a number one receiver on an NFL team eventually. You think it's gonna, you have to look at another receiver? Eventually he's going to yeah. get, gonna get open. open up. He'll eventually get open. Yeah. Right? He needs to learn that when that guy's covered, he's actually covered. Or whether the guy that's covering him is somebody that he can wait and it'll open up. Because that's just how it is. People that hold the ball in the NFL get rocked. He just needs to he just needs to have, like you said, a little bit of time to get to know a all of his teammates to on the team. Yes. The speed of the game. He can't be told what it's like. He no. needs to feel it. And he also has to know the in and out of each of his yes. receivers. And what they can and can't do. Yep. He, I he mean, has to know the limitation before he starts playing, for sure. And let me, let me go back and say this. I'm not saying he can't play his first year. When he's forced to be the starter week after week after week, his confidence level will go down because he's not going to perform like he used to. And that could be detrimental to his progression <laughs> as a quarterback. 100%. The last, you could either get... We've seen that happen with many And here's my, here's my analogy. If you play him early, you'll get Mitch Trubisky, which is not what Chicago Bears fans want. If you let him sit, you could get Russell Wilson. That's good. Right? Let him develop into the quarterback he needs to be. You could get a Russell Wilson. You play him too early, you could get another Mitch Trubisky. Mm-hmm. So they just have to... Invest a little bit on the front end, so that way well, on they, the back I mean, they end already, they'll have. They already picked up Andy Dalton, you know, and he's a serviceable journeyman. You know, he's a journeyman guy. I mean, he took the Bengals to the, the playoffs a few times, and they're always terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not. I mean, I know a lot of Bears fans that like Trubisky. He wasn't good, and they they gave up way too much and basically mortgaged four years of their franchise to get him. <laughs> I mean, how do you move up one spot and give up three first round picks? And you, and you could have had you Patrick had, Mahomes yeah. seven picks later. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> the Chicago Bears made some bad choices on that yeah. pick. Chicago don't, Bears could have had Patrick Mahomes. Don't do the same thing because you want to rush Justin Fields in. Your defense is good enough to keep you in games. Andy Dalton's not going to lose games for you. Build around somebody if you think he's your quarterback. See what you have in the first year. Yeah, develop him. See what he can do. Yeah, develop him. Matt Nagy's a good coach. He's Andy Reid guy. 
he's creative. He know how to use the legs of Justin Fields and his arm because he does have a decent arm, mm-hmm. and he's pretty accurate. He needs to learn to become a quarterback. If he can do that, the Chicago Bears will take over that division because Aaron Rodgers is going to be gone, and nobody likes Kirk Cousins, and the Lions are the Lions. I, I agree with that assessment. But the key thing would be that the Chicago Bears would have to develop him. Yeah, they, they need to give him some time, and we'll see. I, I bet they do. I don't think it's going to be a terrible thing. I don't think they're going to take forever to do that. I think they'll they'll get him developed. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't like – okay, this is going to sound really weird. Um, Zach Wilson. Okay. Went to the Jets. He played for BYU, didn't he? Played for BYU. Yeah. I, and everybody was super enamored with him and this – Crossbody. He, he just had this. He had one good showing at the combine. It was yeah, and everybody. Program. That was the thing is everybody. Well, he he was a good player, right? Um, last year he was supposedly a good player. We'll get into that. But he had this one throw at his pro day, where he was running to his left, threw to his right, and he threw it like fifty yards on a line to a guy, and they were saying how amazing that was, and it's like Patrick Mahomes does that every game. Yes. With pads on, right? Trevor Lawrence does that, that stuff in, in games with pads on. Mm-hmm. Sam Darnold did that in a game last year for the Jets under pressure yeah. against the Dolphins to win the football game. Yeah. You got enamored with one single throw because you're just not feeling Sam Darnold anymore, who's almost younger mm-hmm. than Zach Wills. He's 23. I, yeah, I don't think it was a good move on the jet. Part. I mean, I'm not saying it was, a, it was a bad move, but think about what you could have got. You could have got Panay Sewell, Rashawn Slater, two of the top offensive, pros, offensive line prospects in the last five years. Mm-hmm. Could have got somebody, a wide receiver, Jalen Waddell or Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. Um, you could have got a defensive guy. Micah Parsons to lead your defense. You know, there are many, many, many more holes that you could have filled that you needed, but because Robert Sala wanted to have his guy at quarterback, I they got rid of Sam Darnold. I would have liked to have been in that meeting where they talked about I want to just hear what they, they had to say. Yeah. I'm just kind of curious to hear the line of reasoning behind that. It's it's ridiculous. But I honestly I hope I hope because McCaffrey's back and he's one of the top running backs. I hope the Carolina Panthers, who play the Jets week one. That'll be a good, that'll be a fun I matchup to watch. they go in and just murder them. And I hope Zach Wilson has a terrible game. And I hope you just see Robert Sala rubbing the bridge of his nose, looking down, thinking, yeah, we messed up. Only time will tell. Only time will tell. But I just think nobody's really given Sam Darnold his his due with what he wants. Because he's a good player. I mean, I'm not saying he's like the, the best guy ever at the position. No. But name a quarterback that could have went into the Jets team that he was put on and won nine games. Maybe Mahomes, but would he have gotten the same thing that he got? No, he went into a completely different system. I know Le'Veon Bell came from the Jets to the Chiefs, and he, and he did mention that the Jets were – a tough team to play for. Yeah. So Sam Donald probably didn't get a fair shake based on 
the tough experiences that I'm hearing coming out of the Jets. So, yeah. That's a tough one. Yeah, I mean, only time will tell on that. Um, there's still so much to, to happen mm-hmm. with that. So, um, But, no, I mean, I really appreciate you coming on. I appreciate I, you having I'm me. I'm glad you came out here. Um, and got everything taken care of. I mean, we had a good talk on this, and hopefully we'll see in the next couple of weeks how things start working. But that's going to be it for the rest of the, the show here for us today, and really appreciate everybody listening.